Hey everyone, happy Wednesday, 22nd, talking about dealing with discouragement, right? Probably the the ultimate challenge when it comes to changing anything, but certainly weight loss. Oh boy, right? That discouragement can come on fast and quick and ruin everything. So um, we're going to talk about how to deal with that because it's an ongoing thing sometimes, you know, but there are certainly strategies that you can use to deal with the discouragement that you're going to face. <laughs> There's just no way... There's no way around it, I don't think. Why? Well, to get into that too. Um, but you need to have some strategies to deal with feeling discouraged about your weight loss. Because one thing I can promise you is you're not gonna lose weight fast enough for you <laughs> to be satisfied. It's just a condition of the human mind. You know, there's just no way around it. However, um, there are strategies you can use to deal with it. And the first among them is awareness of it and recognizing that it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> There's literally no way to weight, drop fit weight fast enough. I mean, you probably have to lose 10 pounds a day to keep up with how much your mind wants you to lose. So it's just this ongoing thing. So we wanna recognize that we wanna deal with it because if you don't prepare for it, if you're not ready for it, if you don't have any strategies, boy, it, you know, that's probably the thing that's gonna get you, you know, and it's quick, you know what I mean? Like it just, it strikes one morning, you know, just discouraged, boom. And uh, that's it, you know, you're done. <laughs> that's as quick as it can happen. So you need to be on the lookout for this because it's coming, <laughs> okay? Enough, I said that enough. So what do we do? The first step is, as usual, is to reframe the whole process. Um, you know, it's funny, I was talking today um, with a client and we're talking about like, like, when it comes to weight loss, we have such a, we've been infected with such a crazy way of thinking about by the diets and, uh, that, so the first step is you really have to start seeing this more accurately because I was comparing it to like, like if you thought, if you decided today you wanted to become a bodybuilder, right? You, you know right away that's a long-term process. Like if you want to be a bodybuilder, there's no way you'd be thinking like, okay, I'm going to give this a month and see what happens, right? Because you intuitively, when you think of bodybuilding, you think of it as a longer-term thing, right? However, when it comes to weight loss, you think of it as a, a, a month you should have really intense results, two months, three months, you should be really on your way, you know? And so it's not your fault. I mean, you've been conditioned by millions of, of diet ads, you know, that you've seen, um, but you need to recognize this and you need to um, calibrate to it. You know, your brain's always gonna want you to lose weight faster than you can. That's just the nature of it. And um, when we feel discouraged, there's a couple different ways that that can happen. But the, the key thing before we can get into some of the specifics of it, is to recognize that you feeling discouraged in a moment, you might step on the scale, you might hear someone else say, oh, I lost twice what you lost, boom, right? You might see a weight loss ad, oh, they lost twice as much as I was losing. It doesn't matter, it can come from literally any, any direction at any moment in time. So you wanna recognize this and prepare for it because your discouragement, it just, it just pulls the rug out right from underneath you. So once you start realizing it's a long-term process, I think that's the first thing you've got to do. If you're just thinking about this short-term, I don't know, you know what I mean? Because you're just, you're surrounded by discouragement because it's unrealistic, you know? When you just think, I just wanna lose the weight, I just wanna lose as fast as I can, um, and you're only focused on losing weight, it's never fast enough. Why is it never fast enough? So let's start there. Um, mostly because really what's going on is, is what's running your motivation is dopamine. Okay, and so what happens is you can imagine yourself losing 
whatever your weight you want to lose is 10 pounds, 20 pounds, a hundred pounds. And your brain goes right there. And, oh man, it's going to be great. And so your brain can quickly go to that future reality and feel all the excitement of that. Okay. And so your brain can do this easily. Dopamine's kind of like the grass is always greener thing. And so if you have a good week and you lose two pounds, right? Your brain says, oh, like I need to lose four pounds because I want to get to 16 pounds this month. You see what I mean? That's what the dopamine does, always pushing you for more, you know? And this isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, this is a thing that drives behavior. You know, it's a thing that motivates you. However, you have to understand that your motivation is skewed because you've seen literally millions of weight loss ads that are putting all this bullshit in your head about what weight loss you should expect, you know? And they're exaggerating the numbers. And even when they're not exaggerating the results, they're not showing you how extreme the process the person followed was to get those results, you see? And so because we've had a literally all of us at this point have had a lifetime and this dieting bullshit didn't start until the seventies. But if you've been, if you've been, (laughs) amen, right. Um, If you've been alive since the seventies, you have literally had a lifetime of dieting bullshit pumped into your brain your whole life. You know, and so it's very difficult for you to separate dieting from weight loss, weight loss from dieting. There's one and the same and it infects all of your thinking. And so it sets you up to be discouraged right on day one. You know, so you've got to deal with this right in the beginning. If you really seriously, and again, how do you, do you need to deal with discouragement? I hope you know you do. (laughs) Why do you think you've stopped your weight loss attempts in the past? Why have you put the weight back on? I can almost guarantee you the reason you've stopped attempting to lose weight is that you have felt discouraged. And again, it happens in a moment. And so that's the first step. You got to realize that is the big part of the problem is you're feeling discouraged and it stops you from starting. And it certainly stops you from when you even have momentum, you know? And so we need to learn how to manage this. And you can only learn to manage it if you realize this is a big problem for you. It's a big problem for all of us, right? Yeah. Here, I'm saying I'm right. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's funny because it's one of those things. It's like it's right in front of us, and I point it out and say, "Oh my God, you're right." But we don't like think about it ahead of time. You know, that's my whole career, my whole life, my whole day to day work is pointing things out that are right there in front of you that you're just not seeing because you're not used to seeing them. I went through the same thing. I had to train myself. It's just been thirty year process. I've been going through the same thing. I just want to share these things with you because once you realize, and then you can start strategizing for them. You know. So, um, so that first step is like, you have got to, I think, separate your weight loss from a diet. And the easiest way to do that is to change up the goal from, I just want to lose weight to, I want to return to my goal weight and live the rest of my life at my goal weight on near autopilot. It's a much better goal. It's much more accurate to what you want. And it sends your subconscious mind a much clearer signal of what you want to do. I just want to lose weight is not what you want. You've probably lost some weight. Is that what you wanted to do? Because you put the weight back on probably. So just losing weight is not what you want. You've got to be, right? That just sound like what? Your subconscious mind is very, very literal. And if you just keep saying, I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. I swear this is why people get in that, that loop of losing weight and then put it back on. Because all they're thinking about is losing weight. So what do you do when you get, when you stop losing weight? What do you do now? The vacuum. I'm, uh, I don't know what to do, <laughs> right? I'll put the weight back on. Then I can get, oh, I can lose it. I'm telling you, this is real, okay? So, um, the first step is really putting yourself into a different path, separating your weight loss from the diets. I really, I think that's so important. Um, there's so many benefits to doing that as well, you know? 
Um, holy cow, look at that. So someone says, now I'm free and I can eat what I want in moderation and lost another five pounds, 78 pounds down. That is quite an accomplishment. Great job. Great job. Um, that really is. That's something else. And so, you know, we want to separate this as much as possible from dieting, from, you know, that, that concept. And we really even want to separate from weight loss. We really want to make this about weight mastery. You know, set your goal on weight mastery and you'll instantly put yourself on a different path um, that right away changes everything from the weight loss mindset, the weight loss path. And that at the very least makes it different and unique because a lot of people that struggle, you think about weight loss and you've done it for so long that it's this looped thought where it's like you can't even get yourself started because you know even if you do it, you're gonna struggle and then you might lose the weight and then you're just gonna put it back on. And so it becomes very difficult to get yourself motivated. So, you know, most of the clients I work with, they're, they're in the 50s, 60s, some of the times in their 40s, and they just can't even get themselves started anymore. You know what I mean? Like the motivation is gone. And so right from the beginning, we want to set ourselves up for this and recognize that even this, even even anything we want to do, discouragement's always like the, I swear, it's one of the, the first things we have to overcome, you know, because again, as adults, we can conceptually understand what we're supposed to do very quickly. And that's the, that's the trap of weight loss is that psychologically and conceptually, it's very simple. I'll just eat less calories, right? And whatever flavor, I'm just gonna, I'll just cut out the carbs. Oh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna, I'll intermittent fast. I'll just, I just won't eat for 12, 15 hours at a time. It's easy, right? So it sounds so simple, right? Anyone could do that. But then the practice of it is much more difficult, right? And so as adults, we can understand something very quickly, but we still have to practice it. You know, and so we, we a lot of times don't really recognize that part of it. And when it starts being difficult, we freak out and we say, oh, this is way harder. I don't know if I'm able to do this, you know, and we start getting nervous and we start feeling discouraged. This is harder than I thought. OK, so again, I think orienting this towards weight mastery kind of sets you up better for what the real process is. Um, this is more mastering your weight is more like um, learning the piano or learning a musical instrument or learning a language than it is this idea that you know what to do and you're just going to force yourself to do it. You know, again, your approach to weight loss, if it's diet oriented, is bullshit. You know, this idea that I just need to give you a plan. That's the only thing you're missing is a plan. You think you don't know what to eat? <laughs> There's no, I'll give you the plan and let me see how you're doing next week with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the problem's not that you don't know what to do. The problem is you don't know how to get yourself to do it. You see? And so once you realize this is about mastery, and mastery is about reinforcement. It's about practice. It's about doing these things over and over again. You know, now you're on a different path and this idea that you know what to do and you just need to get yourself to do it, which is not true. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to get yourself motivated, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you have to stop saying, I know what to do, I just gotta get myself to do it because you don't know all the soft skills of weight mastery, how to deal with your mindset, how to deal with your emotions, how to change your behaviors how to shift your lifestyle, how to install habits, how to replace bad ones. Like there's all these skills you have no idea about. What you know is, oh, I know I should cut carbs out. I know I should intermittent fast. I know I got to work out five times a week. You know what I mean? Like you have these tactics that you believe you should do and you think you have to force yourself to do them. And you keep trying that and you can do it for a little while and then you can't. And again, if you really look at it, it's because you feel discouraged at some point. It's not going fast enough for you. It's harder than you thought. Right. So again, a lot of them saying, you know, how do you deal with discouragement? There's no magic formula while you still try and diet some magic thing I can tell you that fixes it. No, you have to change the whole paradigm that you're thinking within when it comes to your weight loss. Right. That's the first step, you know. 
Um, so the discouragement comes in a lot of different forms, um, but it's mostly generated by the voice in your head, right? You talk to yourself and you have this voice in your head probably that's constantly comparing what you're doing to what other people are doing. Now, you don't even have to know them. Like I said, you could just see a commercial and all of a sudden you feel, oh, you're like all excited, I lost, I lost four pounds, six pounds this month. Oh, look at me. The next thing you know, you see a commercial and someone says, I lost 20 pounds this month. Oh God, I'm never gonna do this. This is never gonna work. I'm never gonna get the results. You see? And so we're so, a lot of times people, people's motivation is so wobbly, right? There's no firm foundation under it. And again, a big part of that is if the only thing that you're focusing on is the weight loss, then you're missing a lot of the other pieces, okay? So I think to deal with the discouragement is you need a new approach to mastering your weight. You need to recognize that your weight is part of a bigger system, okay? And so this is why a lot of times I talk about, you know, the mindset, lifestyle pieces. So you have other things to focus on other than just eating less food because your ability to eat less food or eat less calories specifically is really dictated by a lot of these subtle factors of mindset and lifestyle, right? Because if your mindset is you're always comparing yourself to other people, you're always comparing yourself against past weight loss in the past, it's never good enough. And then your lifestyle's out of whack, you're not sleeping enough, you're not hydrated, you're tense, you're stressed, you're not nourishing yourself, you don't really move much right? Your mind's all over the place. You don't meditate at all. If that's the case, these are all bottom-up factors that make it almost impossible to eat properly, right? Your willpower, people have this, this tendency to think of willpower as this non-physical thing, you know? Your willpower is a prefrontal cortex process, and your prefrontal cortex runs on glucose, the same thing that your muscles run on. And so when you use your, a lot of your willpower, it's like using a muscle a lot. And what happens when you use a muscle a lot? It gets tired, it gets exhausted. And so same thing happens with your willpower. So if you're using this willpower only approach to try and just force yourself to do everything and don't take into account these, these sub subconscious factors um, and these bottom-up factors, then it's always a struggle. It's always a fight against yourself. So instead what you wanna do is you wanna start being more strategic. You wanna be strategic with your weight mastery. Make it easy for yourself to choose the right foods. So how do you do that? Well, you fix your mindset. You start thinking more optimistically. You master your motivation. You make this a process of not just losing weight, but about becoming the person you wanna be from the inside out. Um, you make it about really understanding your habits, installing habits, tweaking, optimizing them. You know, you figure out how to manage your emotions genuinely. You know, you learn how to think like a thin person, the nuts and bolts of it. Let me, let me practice, let me do this, you know? And you learn how to maintain your, your focus, your motivation, your path even when life's falling apart around you, you know? And so when you focus on these mindset pieces, it gives you more to think about than just, did I eat right today or did I not? Because why did you eat right today or not, right? Why does someday you can eat really well and the next day you can't? What's going on? Well, I suggest that it probably has a lot to do with your mindset and lifestyle factors. If one day, you know, you wake up and you, you slept nine hours the day before, you're drinking lots of water, um, you're relaxed, you're calm, everything's going well and you ate well, Okay, and the next day, you know, you didn't sleep well, you didn't drink any water, you got a fight with your boss, you're stressed out, right? And you ain't like shit. Well, what, in both situations, you're just expecting, oh, willpower, I'm just gonna force myself to eat the same in both those situations. Well, one of them's gonna be way easier than the other. So instead of just focusing on the surface level of forcing yourself to eat right, you wanna take that willpower and for, I'm focusing on the bottom and putting in the habits and the routines and developing the, systems and the strategies that make it easy to eat the right foods.
Do, do you see what I mean? And so this makes it, this, this starts to insulate you from the discouragement because you're feeling discouraged because the only thing you are tracking is that number on the scale. And that, that number has complete control over you. And there's nothing else. You either eat well or you don't. And then you could eat well and then step on the scale. And again, your weight fluctuates. So you step on, you've been eating well for a week. You step on the scale while after a salty meal, you're retaining water, you're five pounds heavier. That's it. You're done, right? You're done. <laughs> because that's the only thing you're focusing on is the weight. And so when you make this a process of personal development, I always say you got to take your weight loss, wrap it in personal development. Okay. Make this about something more than just a number on a scale. Make this about becoming the best version of you possible. How can it, who is the best you possible on this planet, this life you're leading? What's the best life you can possibly lead? What can you do? And so when you start making it about that, there's more things going on than just a number on a scale because the number on the scale takes a little while to change. Again, time frame. So if you give yourself a longer time frame and you start having more measurements that you're focusing on, like, oh, well, yesterday I got eight hours of sleep. Good for me. Oh, yesterday I drank my water. Nice job. Oh, hey, today I, I did my relaxation exercise. That felt really nice. That's good. I like that. Feels good. Um, you know, today I went for a walk. Today I ate a salad. You see? So there's more things. We're focusing on the behaviors that cause you to feel better. And of course, that's going to lead to weight loss. But now in this scenario, it's not just the weight that you're focusing on. You know what I mean? There's more things that you can look at and measure that, of course, if they improve, your weight's probably going to improve as well. You know? So I guess what I'm saying, in a, in a, in a, to put it as simply, is you want to have a holistic approach to mastering your weight. You can't just focus that you're going to use your willpower and force yourself to eat the right foods until you get to your goal weight. Like, it's just too limited. There's too much stuff going on, you know? And so... Again, it just comes down to the discouragement thing. So I, I can't answer every every solution to feeling discouraged, but what I want you to do is take a little bit of time and think about when do I feel discouraged? Because I'll tell you the number one source of discouragement is comparison, right? There's a saying that comparison's the thief of joy, right? Because as soon, we could, we could have the best results. And I've seen this. People have the best results in the world. And the second they hear someone got better results, you feel bad about yourself, you see? So our results are not absolute. They're relative. They're relative to what we think's normal. And um, if all of a sudden we hear someone got two pounds more weight loss than we did this month, well now, what? We feel discouraged, you see? So be on the lookout for the comparison because um, that is what I see as being one of the main sources of getting people off track. And so I guess what I'm saying is this, that I believe weight mastery really comes down to managing and mastering the soft skills of change in a sense, right? So if you just go about this and you say, well, I just got to eat different. That's what I'm going to do. You're, it's, it's kind of like, like what they say, like, like an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Most people approach weight loss with just the cure piece of it. They're just treating the symptoms, right? So they're exhausted. They're stressed out. They're craving unhealthy foods all the time. And they're starting there and saying, okay, now I need to use my willpower and fight against all those cravings and everything. What I'm suggesting is you get used to looking at the deeper reasons why you're doing whatever you're doing and work to resolve them, prevent them, because it's a more energetically uh, easier process, you know, than just thinking you got to fight against cravings forever. Okay. So start taking a more holistic viewpoint of how you're approaching your weight and look for strategic ways to make the process easier. Imagine weight loss being easier. 
Right? Now, you don't know if it can be easy or not because you're never looking for easy ways to lo lose weight. You're subconsciously always looking for difficult ways to lose weight because you associate the hardest, the harder the way is, the faster the results are going to be. You know, So you got to change that up and recognize that what's really important is making it easy and sustainable. Because again, how long do you want to keep the weight off for? Right? I'm assuming forever. You know, So you want to set yourself up for that right from day one. And um, that requires a different mindset, you know. So if y'all have any questions about weight, you know, feel free to ask them. You know, I see yeah, someone on here lost 78 pounds. Amazing, right? And um, and now you get to kind of shift into a more maintenance phase, see how it sounds like, you know, so that's really good. Um, because, yeah, it's that shift, you know, that's so important. But remember that it's the mindset piece too because the weight loss phase, remember this, okay, one of the big challenges of weight loss is that at first, right, we have the pleasure of the food up here. And then we say, okay, I want to lose weight. And so the pleasure of the food goes down because we're eating less of it, right? And so what we replace that with when we're losing weight is it was, okay, but now I'm getting the pleasure of the weight loss, right? So the, the pleasure of the weight loss goes. And so every time we lose the weight, it's like, oh yeah, it feels good. It feels good. But eventually the pleasure of the weight loss comes back down because we stop losing weight. Do you see what I'm saying? We don't have the excitement to step on the scale and see it go down, you know? And, um, you know, that becomes uh, something you got to account for, think about. You know, that's why I always say it's a better goal to have to focus on being the person you want to be, uh, living at my goal weight forever for the rest of my life. You know? um, can I lose 15 kilograms in three months? That's a lot. That's a lot of weight, you know? So I would be less, uh, uh, you know, People always want fast weight loss, but to me, I don't understand the point of fast weight loss over long-term weight loss. Because I find, talk about discouragement, I find nothing more damaging to the mind and the psyche and the motivation than losing the weight and then putting it back on. So this idea of like fast weight loss is just, it baffles me, you know? With less than a thousand calories. I mean, you know, what's the point? I don't know what the point of that is, you know? I don't know. I don't know the point of eating and some exercising. I mean, I think you know the answer to these. You know, I think you know the answer to that. It's. <laughs> I know. Like, I know where this is coming from too. So it's like you know, I'm not an eating disorder person. You know, I help people that are struggling to eat less, lose weight. You know, so the eating disorder thing is a whole another conversation but i will say this this is where it all leads to and i think everyone can answer this question equally is and then what how long why three months are you gonna what happens at the fourth month answer me that and i'll, I'll give you some more i'll explain that but just tell me <laughs> tell me tell me what happens on the fourth month you know maintain maintain how eating a thousand calories eating 800 calories you know that's what everyone says, you know, and that's, listen, regardless of where you're at in the spectrum of the weight thing, um, it's like this idea that I'm gonna, because that's what every dieter says, because I, I ask them all the time. So, oh, you know, so I'm just gonna, I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight. Stomach shrinks? No, it doesn't. It shrinks every day. No, it doesn't shrink. Um, it shrinks, like you eat food and then the food passes through and it shrinks and then it gets big and then it shrinks, you know? Um, so it's important, everyone, that you realize, I don't know. I mean, I don't, and again, it depends how old you are, but it's like, 
I, I, I can't see your picture really, but it will look a little bit on the younger side. Um, but it's like people do this all the, all the way up to 60, 70 years old. I, I have these conversations all day where they say, well, I'm just going to, I just want to diet just to lose the weight. It's because I say, is that a sustainable plan? It's not, but I just want to do it so I can lose the weight and then I'm going to maintain it. It's, well, if it's not, think about what you're saying. If you're saying, I just got to do it until I lose the weight and then I'm going to maintain what, what is it? That word maintain. Okay. Yeah. And I, I was, I was thinking of Anna too. Um, that word maintain becomes like a mental block. You know what I mean? Whereas I'm just want to lose the weight. I was going to do this. It, it's intense. It's extreme. I know that. But once I get to the goal weight, then I'm going to maintain, then I'll be able to maintain it. Well, no, stop putting that, that maintain word is like a transformative thing. Like where you think you're going to do the same thing, but you're going to maintain mode. It's the same thing. So your maintain is going to be continue to eat less than a thousand calories. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I, I again, I can't, um, I can't speak to that, but if the if the strategy to lose the weight is to consume 800 calories a day and to exercise, then uh, what's what's going to happen in the fourth month? And in three months, I'm going to lose all this weight. You know, what is the point? You know, I just don't. To me, it's three months of wasted time. You're damaging your metabolism. You're getting yourself absolutely obsessed with food. Oh, thank you, Trey. Um, it's like it's like the water fast. Let's take it a step further, right? So I'm going to water fast and lose all the weight. Like to me, that's the best way to put more weight on your body, you know? Because think about this, when you start starving yourself, right? You may not think about this, right? You get this evolution, evolved body. As soon as you start starving yourself, every cell of your being that you are starts screaming for food and nutrition. And that makes your brain completely change how it operates. And so now all of a sudden, your eyes notice every single thing of food around you. You can smell every food within 10 miles. You can hear people opening food up from across the town. And so it's like everything about you becomes obsessed with food. Go look up the Dutch famine study. Not only does it affect your brain and your body now, it literally affects your epigenetics, right? So we don't just have the genetics we're born with. We have genetics that they flip switches. Our environment switches the genetics we have. And so when you start starving yourself, you literally are programming yourself to be obsessed with food, to hold on to food as much as possible. So I, I don't understand the, if, if, if you're trying to get, lose weight, the idea of like starving yourself practically makes zero sense. It's, it's, it's a completely opposite strategy. You know, it makes you sicker. It makes you miserable, right? We all know that. And um, it's just a, it's a shit ass strategy. I, I can't think of any other way to put it. You know, and so, yeah, we all know the problem. I mean, listen, whether you're dealing with eating disorders or whether you're dealing with overweight, the one thing we can all agree on is that you need to give your goal weight more meaning. If you're just living for a number on a scale, it works though. How long does it work for though? How long does it work for? And what does it work to do? To, to, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It works though. Does it? Does it work? I don't think it works. I haven't seen it work. It depends what you describe working as, you know, if you just want to be a skinny, because what are you going to do? I always think of that, like, as I know some people, yeah, the number means so much to me. No, I get that. But that's just a path of destruction. It's just, there's no happiness in that path. And I say this to everyone, you know, it's like, if you're just chasing a number, the number doesn't mean anything, you know, the weight and money are very similar in the sense that they're means to an end, you know, and it's how you accomplish those ends that really means more. And so, so the idea is to drink water. Well, how long do you do that for? You know what I mean? You don't have the ability to look five, 10 years in the future, perhaps. 
Yeah, you can't live long like that, right? I mean, that's what I mean. So what's the point? You know, because it's a it's a process just filled with anxiety. And and I tell people the weight loss things like this, if you're if you're killing yourself, you know, metaphorically and literally to get to a low weight, what what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like you're so fixated on what other people are gonna think about how you look that you're literally gonna just destroy your body and destroy your your happiness and your moods for what? It's a, it's a path with no end. It, there's no, there's no positive end at the end of that. I promise you. And you know that already, you know that. Um, and I know that, you know, look at your numbers, not the scale numbers. Yeah. Cholesterol sugar. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So let me, let me get to Anne. I, I see what you're saying. So how do you eat healthy? Right. Um, what do you recommend to eat healthy? Well, I recommend natural foods, you know, keeping it simple. Now I think it's funny. Americans are Americans are Americans. And so we, um, I made a video the other day talking about fiber you know, and uh, again, the question, what food has the most fiber? You know, we don't have to like, we have to get out of that most thing, I think, and start. There's a, in my program, I always talk about like consistency over intensity. You know, I really like to focus on that because your weight is an average of what you're eating and how you're living. And so you really need to start thinking about it that way. And again, you, I think you want to extend that time frame. Again, I don't understand the idea of like really doing crazy stuff so that you can lower the weight for, for what? Like, why do it temporarily? You know? So to me, it's like any plan I would start, like I did this, I've done this for 30 years. So it's like, I've mastered my weight and it's, I lost 50 pounds. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. Like I've, I've mastered this. <laughs> I've been doing this professionally for 20 years. So it's like the results I see from people that are successful are the ones that transform themselves from the inside out and create a way of thinking, a way of, living in a way of eating that allows them to live at the weight that's going to give them the best quality of life, you know? And so these short-term focuses are just like, I, and I know the diet's always selling that, but I mean, geez, do you not have enough experience to know that the weight in and of itself doesn't mean, it doesn't make you happy? You know what I mean? It's the way you're doing it. Uh, so I just did, a, so hey, I'll listen to this, right? I've been, uh, I just started doing like coaching sessions where I'm recording them, okay? And I just put one up on YouTube and um, go check it out, right? So it's YouTube, Jim Katsoulis, and I just put it up, it's with Shay. And I got another one I'll be putting up today or tomorrow. But she she started January 1st, and here we are six weeks later, she's lost 20 pounds, okay? And she's done it keto, no carbs, intermittent fasting, combining those two. And she's done great with it, perfect with it, super motivated. But now guess what? So 20 pounds lighter, should she be over the moon, right? She's 20 pounds lighter. No, she's freaking out, because she's feeling wobbly. She's feeling she doesn't know if she can keep it up. You know what I mean? So it's like if we choose extreme plans, we try to do everything at once. It's just a recipe for not being able to maintain it. And then once you, when you choose these really extreme plans and you start it and you stick with it for six weeks, you're so focused and motivated and all of a sudden you're getting great results and all of a sudden you start feeling a little wobbly. What happens then? Why? Because it's all or nothing. You know, everyone's locked in this all or nothing mindset. And it's crazy. It's crazy. I was just saying that, like, if, if you decided today you want to be a bodybuilder, you're not gonna be like, oh, let me see where I'm at in a month, right? Because when bodybuilding, there's in, inherently, intrinsically a longer time frame with it. And when it comes to weight loss, we've been so bullshitted with the diets that we think in artificially crazy short-term timescales. And it causes us to do crazy plans and crazy things, you know? We're literally hypnotized. I just want to get my weight as low as I can. Well, what then? I'll maintain it. How'd it work last time when you, when you did that plan? Oh, what? It's been 10 times you tried that? Oh, okay. What's going to be different this time? What does maintain mean to you? That you're going to eat 800 calories for the rest of your life? <laughs> like, 
well, is that the plan? <laughs> but everyone's thinking it like that. It's just, it's so short-sighted and goofy. I, I can't think of any other way, you know, to, to describe it. It just doesn't make any sense. Anyways, get off that. I'm a little overweight, but my problem is that I eat too little and stress I work situation. Yeah, okay. Uh, that, you know, listen, I did that. that and I, you're right on the money because it's like most people are so fixated on just the eating part that they're not focusing on kind of the, the level below it that's influencing all their eating. And stress is probably number one, right? So stress is like, oh my God, the stress, by the way, just real quick, what is stress, right? You're always thinking stress physically, but stress is your sympathetic nervous system, your fight, flight, or freeze nervous system activated. And we have overactivated sympathetic nervous systems in this culture, okay? We're not life and death situations, but we're freaking out as if we were. We're tense, we're nervous, our fight, flight, or freeze systems activated. And so that's the physical part of it. But here's the big part. When your fight, flight, or freeze system's activated, the blood goes from your brain down to your muscles. So you stop thinking clearly when you're in reaction mode, right? And so this is part of the reason why, hey, yeah, there's the physical negatives of being stressed, but the worst part is the mindset of it. And this is what keeps you trapped because you can't get any distance from what you're doing. So you're just caught in this loop, right? And you keep repeating the same thing over and over. You know, and so the stress is, I, I swear that's number one, you know, and I'm a stress case, dude. I, I am like anxiety ridden, stress, tense nervous system, which is why I have to manage it. Like my whole life is based around managing my stress. No lie. You know what I mean? Yoga, water, sleep, meditation, relaxation. It's that important to me because I'm, if I don't do it, I binge drink and I eat, <laughs> I overeat. It's that simple, you know? So I got to manage it and I want to manage it. I'm happier this way. Okay, but stress managing it is the core of my weight mastery strategy. And I suggest to become yours too, because not only do you set yourself up physically to, to live at the weight you want to, but more importantly, you access more of your resources, your intellectual resources, the things that make you, you, your creativity, your brilliance, your smartness is all in your prefrontal cortex. And when you're in a fight, flight or fr when you're stressed out, you ain't using that part. So as soon as you relax and calm down for a second, and say, you have to, like, you have to, this is a big thing, it's called meta. You kind of take a step back from yourself and look at yourself from a distance, right? And you say, you can relax and come in and say, wait, okay, let's see. I wanna, I wanna lose weight. What should I do? You know what I mean? How should I do this? What do I want? All of a sudden you can think more clearly, you know? And, and so that, that's the key factor, I swear. You know, that's so important. Stress and not enough sleep and water could cause weight gain. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. But why do they cause weight gain? The, the big reasons why those cause weight gain, this is important. It's not just that like you, you get stressed, you're not sleeping, you're dehydrated. It's not just that physically all of a sudden your body starts holding onto the weight. Okay. It's more that when you don't sleep, when you are stressed out and you're not drinking water, your brain functioning starts to reduce. And so, yes, you do get unhealthier cravings and you have less ability to stop them because your brain's not functioning to the optimal level. You see what I mean? So you have to start thinking about the mind part of it as well. All right. Um, how long did it take to lose 50 pounds? Um, more important question to ask, right, is how long have I kept it off? Please start asking that question. I've kept it off for 30 years. I had one little blip about 10 years ago where I put 20 pounds on and I took that off. Okay. Um, but I always ask people, which would you choose to lose it as fast as possible or as long as possible? You know, stop wondering how long I took. If it took you two years to lose 50 pounds and you kept it off for the next 30 years, would you do that? Would you take that deal? And I know most of you wouldn't because you're so obsessed with losing weight fast. 
you know? And I always ask it, do you want to lose it as fast as possible or as long as possible? And that's a great example of your conscious versus subconscious mind. Because consciously you say as long as possible, but the emotions are like, I just want it as fast as possible. I just want it as fast as possible. So it's like, you have to work against that. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's setting you off on the wrong path constantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Whoop, whoop. I'm going to get to some of your questions. I'm going to get to these questions now. But you must strike your calories, track your calories and macros too. Um, not necessarily, but but it does help. It's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, exactly. Do I work out? I don't really work out, you know, and that's something I'm working on developing more. Um, I'm active, um, but, but to be honest, for like most of the years I've kept this weight off, it was really, I was lazy, did not like exercising. So I built on my strengths which is a lesson I got to do quick on one of these podcasts because what most people try and do to create change is focus on fixing their weaknesses. Mathematically, it's not a smart strategy. You really want to build on your strengths. So I knew I hated working out and um, didn't like it. So I said, how am I going to master my weight? Right. So imagine what I'm saying, right? Let's get to the subtext. You should build your weight mastery strategy around you. And no one does that. So you just give me a plan. Oh, you've never met me before. You have no idea who I am. Okay, tell me how to eat. Right? It's like me saying, oh, here's a plan of how to live. But Jim, you don't know me. I don't, you don't know anything about me. Oh, no, no. Here's the plan. This is how you should live. You know what I mean? Like you've got to stop and you've got to like take a step back, stop chasing shortcuts to lose weight and start committing some energy and time to mastering this area of your life. It's the most important area because it's literally one of the most biggest factors on your longevity, how long you're going to be alive for and your quality of life during those years. It's really worth some of your effort and some of your focus. Now, I know you think about it all the time, but it's like, you're just, you're think you're always chasing the next thing, you know? And it's like, take a step back and just commit to it. Instead of trying to fix everything on day one, hundred percent, just do it strategically. Fix one thing, work on that for a while, get good at it, make it easy, then move on to the next thing. That's the path. That's why I'm not gonna tell you how, how long it take me to lose 50 pounds. It gives you shit. I've kept it off for 30 years without dieting or worrying, count calories, none of that stuff. That's what you should be focusing on, you know? But again, it's not your fault. I'm not blaming you for this because you've been literally hypnotized by diets. They got your mind twisted inside out when it comes to weight loss. This is why 75% of the population is overweight or obese, you know? Um, so I don't work out. I'm working on implementing that though because now, so what I worked on is I said, I can eat. I can control my eating because I'm lazy. So if I just eat less, I can do that because it's, it's easier, you know, for me. And so, um, and by the way, your eating is always more important than working out. You can't out train a bad diet. Okay. So eating is always the more leveraged activity to control your weight. And so, um, yeah, but I'm working, I'm working on now for, for other reasons and, and I'm working on developing again. Listen to me. I'm not just like, Oh, I'm not going to start the gym. I'm going to do this. I'm working on slowly systematically implementing it in my life in a comfortable way. And it's going to take me a little bit longer to do it, but I promise you, I guarantee you within the next five years, I'll be working out all the time and I, and it'll be a natural, normal part of my life because I'm approaching it strategically. I don't have to make sense. Um, I lost over 30 pounds. Nothing's changed really. I feel like I tried for nothing. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so what did you change though? You know, nothing's changed really. And that's kind of true. I mean, to be honest, like in some ways the weight doesn't change anything, but I find it does depend on how you think about it all, you know? And I don't believe that necessarily either. Um, nothing's changed really. I think you're minimizing it. I think. Because if someone said, oh, we'll just put the weight back on, like, would you? Would you just put the weight back on? There's no difference. So I get people to say that. I lost 100 pounds. There's no difference. So whatever. Nah, I don't buy that. 
I mean, everyone's different. So, I mean, I, you know, there, there's people that think a lot of different stuff. So I'm not saying that it couldn't be the case, but for me anyways, 15 pounds is, is a ton of weight. And I, I don't like, I don't, I just feel now it's not the weight so much as it is. Well, it is the weight partly, but it's also, it's the behaviors that led to the weight. I did this yesterday. Yesterday was a real weird day for me. It was just a real, real unusual. And I got caught up with stuff. Next time I'm eating a Subway grinder at 7.30, I, I never eat after like six or seven. So it's like, I felt fuller. I woke up this morning, I felt fuller. I like feeling light. You know, that's just what I like. Not the scale thing, not how I look. I like feeling lighter. I like treating my body lightly. Digestion uses a ton of energy. And so I like eating light. It, it makes me feel more energized so I can do other things that I want to do. You know, so everyone's different though. Um, how many kilograms losing in a week or a month is a good number? Um, listen, I, you know, to be honest, I don't, I wouldn't optimize around that. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I couldn't tell you what a good number is anyways. It's up for you to decide. But I will say this, that I think that, so I think it starts with a goal weight. And I think the goal weight you want to pick. So listen up half of you <laughs> that are on the ED side of things. I think you define a goal weight by the weight, and, and everyone listen to this, the goal weight, you got to give it more meaning. Right now, a lot of people say a number like a mantra and it's almost meaningless. You know, it just doesn't mean anything. And so you want to give that number more meaning. So I suggest the goal weight you pick is the number that makes you the healthiest, the happiest, and gives you the best quality of life. And to do that, you have to recognize you can't just pick a number. Your, your weight doesn't live in a vacuum. A lot of people just pick, oh, I, weigh, I want to weigh what I weighed when I was 18. Why? You're 58 now. You're not 18. Why do you want to weigh that same number? You know, there's got to be more meaning to it. You can't just assume there's a lot of things. You can pick a low number. So what? It doesn't, the number doesn't mean anything. You have no structures in your brain that give a shit about what you weigh. Think about this. We've evolved in, <laughs> we've evolved in an environment where there's no scales. There's no mirrors. There's no pictures. There's no reflections. You know what I mean? Like your, your weight didn't mean anything. And there, there was, it was, the weight wasn't a big thing anyways, because it was a food scarce environment. So you want to put as much weight as possible, you know? So this idea of a number having some intrinsic value, it's just not true. It doesn't mean anything. You have to give it the meaning and you can't put your weight in a vacuum. Like, Oh, I just want to weigh this much because you have to live a lifestyle to, to get there. So the person, Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to eat 800 calories to get there. Well, that's a shitty quality of life. Probably. Oh, I'm going to, I got my goal weight in order to reach it. I got to drink water and carrots all day. Okay. That what's the point? Why? <laughs> you know what I mean? What's the point of that? So you can have a number on a scale and then what? What? Everyone comes and celebrates you? You got on the cover of all the magazines? Like, like what happens at that weight that you're so excited about? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like if you're just picking a number, it's like you're going to struggle, I think. That's what I've seen. However, what if you pick a number based on other factors? Okay? So I live at my weight. It's more, I'm going to tell you this, my weight is more a reflection of how I'm living. So I live, I have goals for how I want to live. I want to be energized. I want to live as long as I can. Um, I want to put myself in the best place health-wise, physically to live as long as I can, the best quality of life. And so I find that, you know, eating the way I do, it nourishes me, it energizes me, and my weight ends up kind of around here. Now I do have a goal weight that I aim for as well. Okay. That is a part of it, but more of it is that the weight's a reflection of the life I want to lead. Okay. I don't want to drink a lot of alcohol. So I want extra calories. I don't want to drink, eat a lot of sugar. Um, I don't want to eat a lot of processed foods. I don't like eating a lot of carbs during the week. And so my weight's right around here, but it's a, it's a, it's a holistic understanding of why that's my goal weight. And the number on a scale means almost nothing. The size clothes I'm wearing, it's okay. I, I don't mind that. It, it is a little part of it, but mostly it's like, I want to feel good. I want to feel as good as I can. 
and in eating lightly, eating healthy foods, moving my body, you know, doing the things I do is how I do that. And then that weight's kind of there. So it's a bigger thing. So how many kilograms in a month is a good number? I don't know. I have no idea. It depends on what your goals are and all the rest of it. But I know, I will say this. What if I said, what if I said, uh, you know, X amount of kilograms is the, is the right number, right? Well, what does that mean? What's the right number? Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, like it, if, if to get, if I, if the number I say requires you to really, really get obsessed with food and you can't eat food and you're really hungry all the time and you're miserable and you're grumpy and you don't feel like you're gonna be able to maintain it, then, then what, what's the point of the number I say? Do you see what I'm saying? So it's relevant and relative to your scenario and situation. So me personally, I will say this, this is how I suggest people go after their goal weight. Pick your goal weight, whatever it is, okay? And then instead of doing the diet thing where you start day one by cutting 50, 60% of your calories out on day one and think you're gonna live that way until you reach your goal weight, figure out where you're at. So let's just say, for example, you wanna lose, you're 200 pounds, you wanna lose 40 pounds. That's 20% of your goal weight. So what I would do is I would suggest cutting 20% of your calories out. Now these numbers aren't exact, okay? I understand that. But think about this is a completely different approach than... I'm just going to way overshoot and shoot 60% of my calories down tomorrow. And I'm just going to live at 60% of my calorie range for the next four months until I reach my goal weight. No, you're not probably. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, Jesus, it's like, has it worked yet? Like, you know what I mean? At some point you got to look at it. Oh, this isn't working. I got to do something different. You know? So what I'm saying is at least something different. Maybe it's more comfortable. It's manageable. Oh, but the weight's not coming off fast enough. You know, I, I don't know what to tell you. The, the impatience piece is such a crucial part of this process. People overestimate what they can lose in a month and underestimate what they can lose in a year, you know? And as you start expanding your time frame, you can take more moderate, comfortable steps to creating it instead of trying to do it all at once, which is what you always do. And you keep trying to do it all at once and you can't do it at all is most likely what most people experience. Um, one kilogram a week is probably the most you should lose. Yeah, two pounds a week is a lot. Like, like, I just don't, I don't know. Uh, da, da, da. Inner stress is hard to get out from. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's hard to get out of. I mean, I dedicate my whole life to it. So it's like, I can't, in it, I have to manage it. You know, it's frustrating. I'll tell you, it's like, the, the inner stress is, it's a pisser. But I'll share this with you because I think, it's a big reframe I had. I remember I was 19. That's when everything changed for me. It was just a pure miracle. I mean, literally in a month of my life, I went from just out of control every, every way. And I got exposed. Literally, this was crazy. This is a miracle. I don't know how this happens in life. But I got exposed to yoga, meditation, hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming, Tony Robbins. I started playing guitar, martial arts. All this happened in like a month or two. And um, the first thing I noticed when I started doing yoga is I was like, oh my God, I am so tense. You know, I realized, holy wow, I can't believe this. So I started paying attention to my, my tension. I was so tense. And um, I really went to work on it. Because my dad died of a heart attack at 54. So that's always been like terrifying to me. I just don't want, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. I don't want to do that to my family. You know, I, I want to avoid that. So it's like, I want to relax. And so I, I really dove into yoga. I'm going to do an hour of yoga every night on my own at night. And I did this for years. And I remember one day I was driving around and I always did these body scans to see if I was tense or relaxed on it, relaxed. And I did it and I found I was tense and I got so pissed off. I was like, Jesus, I'm like, is this, am I ever going to be relaxed? Is this ever going to work? And um, I realized at that point I had two options. I'm like, I could either say this doesn't work and just quit and stop it. Or I could just be like, all right, let's just relax again and just keep going. And I'm so glad that's the path I chose. 
But I say that because in my mind, I just assumed if I did yoga for a while, then all of a sudden I would just be this relaxed person. And it just never happened, you know? And so again, the expectations we start something with are so important. And so now I realize I'm so glad I chose that path because I am not the relaxed person I thought I would become. However, I am a million times more relaxed than I would have been. So the inner stress is hard. I, I, you know, and so much of it is the mental chatter you have in your head, the way you think. And the other part of it is, again, the nervous system you're born with and the way that you've, you know, traumas you've experienced, um, things that have affected your, your nervous system. So a lot of what I do is, is activating my parasympathetic nervous system, relaxing my body, quieting my mind, um, training myself to think and respond and feel in ways that supports me you know, lowering that inner stress. But I agree with you. I mean, it's a, it's a nonstop. You have to think about your stress. You have to think about your weight as never ending processes, um, like brushing your teeth, right? You can't just brush your teeth really good this month, one day, and then see you next month. It's just, it's something you have to commit to consistently. And your relaxation and your weight mastery are two of the same things. They're just forever processes. However, if you do it, you can make it just like brushing your teeth where most of it becomes kind of automated. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're on fire. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna get these quick. I'm gonna go quick. I want to get. I want to get your your answers. I know you guys write stuff. And I want to answer them. I love the aspects you always bring up about weight loss. I'm glad. That, that's why I do this stuff. I want to help you guys out. Um, I keep losing 20 pounds and gaining it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, wh- I mean, that's the club, right? I mean, I don't know what to say. You know, it's like, but but what is that, Babby Babby B? <laughs> Babby B, I like saying that. Um, but let me ask you this. Are, are you losing the weight in the same way every time? You know what I mean? Like, like are you using the same method to lose the weight each time? Do you know? It is this, this human tendency to like, right? That's a saying that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. And when it comes to weight loss, we do that because you're, you're literally in a state of hypnosis from the diet industry. And um, you're not thinking clearly. And so what happens most of the time when people want to lose weight is some spontaneous pain-based emotion, motivation comes up. You step on the scale, you see a picture of yourself, the clothes don't fit, um, you see the doctor, someone says something, you get so upset, you say, that's it, I got to lose the weight. You choose some extreme plan, you do it for a little while, lose a little bit of weight, the pain goes away, your motivation goes away, you put the weight back on. You know, And people just repeat this process over and over. So what I would suggest to you is that you work on changing it in a different way. If you change it a different way, you'll probably have a different outcome. What I'm thinking now is that I want to lose fat fast and then find a good path after. Yeah, of course you want to lose weight fast, you know, but I don't know what that, I don't know that fast and then slow thing. I, I don't even understand that. I don't get it and I don't understand it. Um, and I just question how long you've been thinking that. You know, because that fast weight loss, let's deconstruct that real quick. When you're just like, I just want to lose the weight quickly and then I'll work on maintaining it. So what you're saying is, I want to lose the weight quickly. Well, how? Well, you're going to have to do something extreme, right? The faster you want to lose weight, the more extreme process you're going to have to use to make that happen. Are we all in agreement with that? (laughs) Right? There's no slow, moderate way to lose weight fast that I've ever heard of, you know? So if losing weight fast is the thing, I just want to lose the weight fast, then you're going to have to do something extreme. And when you are going to do something extreme, then it takes lots of effort and energy to do that extreme thing. That's what an extreme thing is. Difficult thing to do is, right? It's hard. And so you build up this big wall. You need to really get yourself fired up and motivated to do this hard thing. And then it's really hard to keep it up and maintain it. And so then once you lose the weight, what are you going to do? You're not going to do that extreme thing anymore. And so how far from the extreme thing are you going to revert back to? Right? Because that's how much weight you're going to put back on most likely. So to me, I'd rather start small and sustainably. Make a sw- start with my worst habit. 
Let's go to work on that. Let's get some some solutions built around that. Let's work on implementing them, make them comfortable. I'll habituate to it, normalize to it, get a handle on it. Let's move on to the next thing. Prosper, prosper, prosper. That's what I did. Worst habit was eating at night. I spent spent a year working on that, right? But now I, I don't. I haven't eaten at night in thirty years. So you know, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, and I'm a diabetic. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, for you, again, especially when the diabetes comes, I always say, you know, like, again, that's another part of the diet hypnosis is that most people's motivation, they just want to look better, you know? People struggle with diabetes and metabolic disorders and, you know, heart issues, and it's like they just want to look better. And it's like, damn, you're missing you're missing the story, you know? So the type 2 diabetes, you know, it's like you really want to make sustainable changes. I mean, you know that, you know what I mean? But uh, as long as possible, good. Uh, no, no. How do I see messages? Oh, is it on the thing on the bottom? I have way too many food cravings and I just give in to most of them. I wish I could hold back. Um, yeah, too many food cravings. Well, I mean, why do we have food cravings, you know? Um, that's what I mean. Like, like some people approach their weight loss, this top down thing. Like you're going to use your willpower to fight against your food cravings, but it's your lifestyle that's leading to most of those food cravings. You know what I mean is you're probably not sleeping enough. You're probably dehydrated. You're probably stressed out. You probably don't nourish yourself very well. Um, you probably don't move a whole lot. Your mind's probably scattered all over the place. And those things all lead to lots of food cravings. In addition to eating processed foods that leads to food cravings as well. Um, so again, this idea that you're just going to summon up some magical willpower, because what do you think your willpower is? You, you think of it as, you intuitively think of willpower as some non-physical thing that you just summon up. It's not. It's a physical, think of your willpower like a muscle. It's a prefrontal cortex process that requires glucose to run. It's literally like a muscle. It's not a muscle, but it uses glucose like a muscle. So metaphorically, think of your willpower like a muscle. And if you're going to build your whole, what I, this is how I suggest how people try to lose weight. Imagine you were wanting to stop your car and you kept your foot down on the gas pedal though. And so to stop the car, you really push down on the brake, right? You push all the way down the gas, you're all the way down the, that's kind of how you're trying to lose weight. Your lifestyle is like the gas pedal in that metaphor. And you've got to push down to the floor. So it's cranking up your cravings. It's cranking up your hunger. It's got your moods all over the place. It's got your energy levels low. Um, and it's just setting you up for failure. So it needs to become this holistic approach. There's no way in the world you're just going to magically summon up some magical willpower that's going to all of a sudden get you to eat everything right. You've got to let go of that idea. It's keeping you stuck. It's not going to happen. It hasn't happened, and it's not going to happen. <laughs> Ta-da! Never happening. It's hard to stay away from sugar when it's so much sugar in food. Yeah, for sure. Yep. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I'm going to agree. You're spitting facts, and I agree with everything you're saying. Yeah. It is hard to stay away from sugar. They put it in everything now. You know, it's, it's hard at first though. Can I just say that anything's hard at first? I work with my kid. We're working on basketball. He's learning all these new skills, 11 years old, you know? And it's like, you know, he'll, um, we'll go play basketball. He'll, he'll have a day of shooting. He misses a couple of shots. I'm not a good shooter. Well, what do you mean? You're not a good shooter. You've been playing basketball for three months. Uh, Good or bad. You're, You're nothing. You know what I mean? Like you're just playing. So yeah, sugar's, it's a challenge now, but what ends up happening is any skill that you get good at, it's hard at first, you practice it, and then it comes easy to you, right? Remember remember learning how to write, how to read, how difficult that was when you were a kid? And now you just do it, don't even think about it, you see? So the sugar is very similar to that. And so it's a combination. It is a challenge. It's in everything. But the first thing, if you want to get a handle on sugar is you need to change the way you're thinking about it. You're minimizing the impacts of sugar. You know, you need to think of sugar is the closest thing food-wise to cocaine, 
right? It, it, and again, I eat sugar. So again, one of the things I talk about a lot of times is you need to be okay with cognitive dissonance when it comes to managing your weight, because really managing your weight is like, it's a managed addiction. It's an, a unique addiction in the sense that most addictions, you just stop cold turkey, you get them out of your life. Weight and food is something you have to interface with and you have to manage it. So you got to be okay with some cognitive dissonance of thinking, oh yeah, sugar's like cocaine. Oh, and then I give it to my kids sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's a weird place to exist. It feels uncomfortable, but I think that's something you got to do. But um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Sugar, it's a challenge to stay away from it, but it, it's not impossible. And it's not, when you know how to do it right, it's not the hardest thing in the world for sure. I've gone four sizes smaller in my clothes, but I still can't see it. And I always think I have to go lower. Um, is there anything you avoid in your eating? Oh yeah. I avoid all sorts of things in my eating. I don't really eat processed foods much. I don't eat fast food. I don't drink sodas. Um, I don't eat much sugar. I don't eat much refined carbs like flour. I don't eat much flour during the week. Um, I have like kind of a five day clean eating schedule and two days pleasure eating schedule. Um, now those are the intentions that it doesn't always work out that way. My clean eating isn't always clean, but that's the intention. And I really look to nourish myself on those days. And then the other two days I really enjoy myself. So, um, I eat both of them, but I do avoid a lot of, I don't want to eat sugar because sugar just, it's a, it's a addictive substance, you know? So the more sugar I start eating, the more sugar I want to eat. And then I have to fight cravings and I don't like that, you know? So I really seek to, you know, eliminate as much refined sugar as possible on my diet. It just makes everything easier. Same thing with flour. Um, same thing with processed foods. I don't like eating their bullshit. You don't know. Read salt, sugar, fat. You don't realize what you're up against. You know, you have to think of the food companies like like cigarette companies because they're one and the same. And they're looking to make the most addictive substances they can possibly make. And so you think you're just, you're eating foods that some person in a kitchen whipped up. These foods that you're eating, processed foods, were made in a laboratory. Frito-Lay has a $40,000 machine that chews potato chips to figure out the exact pounds per square inch that hits the bliss point of most people, <laughs> right? It's like, how do they come up with ice creams? You think you think like there's two Ben and Jerry in a, in a you know kitchen experimenting with flavors? Nope. They put someone in an fMRI machine which scans their brain in real time, and they drip different ice cream solutions onto different parts of their tongue to see which one lights up their pleasure centers the most. Have fun with that, <laughs> you know? So the less of that bullshit I eat, the better. I don't want their stuff. You know like what they say? Oh, I bet you can't eat just one. You're right, but I'm not gonna take that bet. I'm not gonna eat that stuff because it's super addictive. It's hyper palatable. It's very difficult to, to eat that stuff and then be in control of it, you know? So I seek to not eat much of that. And I really, as much as possible, I really try to eat natural foods, natural flavor profiles, um, because that makes it easier to eat more natural foods. So, um, bum, bum. Yeah, well, you know what? I always, the, the, the never-ending, like, lower weight number. But usually what that'll mean is, like, listen, the confidence or whatever you're looking for from being lower, 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 lower weight, um, it never comes because you can't get it from a number on a scale. If you don't realize that yet, you will at some point, you know? And so there, there's a range you want to be in that's kind of healthy. That's why I look good. And then you got to go to work on the inside and, and make yourself into the person you want to be because the, the weight's not going to bring you there completely. Do you have a good podcast or a good book? You would say we have to know. <laughs> I said my podcast. Um, Program Yourself tends my podcast, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, books. I read 50 books a year. You know what I mean? I'm obsessed with this stuff. Um, I've been doing this for 20 years. I know 5,000 private weight loss sessions. This is what I do. Um, a good book, How Not to Die, I would say. I love that book. So that's the book I would describe. But I think... I'll read this. But I think it's important to think yourself thin. The mindset is so important. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know how anyone would change their weight long term without um, focus on the mindset. Don't even know how. 
um, I have a plan around it. You know, um, yeah, you're right. I'm very stressed, but I do sleep enough and I do exercise excessively. Okay. But maybe the exercising excessively might be stressing you out more, you know? Um, because sometimes that, that whole workout thing, it, it, everything's good in moderation, right? And, and so sometimes people get so obsessed with the exercise and that it's counterproductive, you know? So, you know, maybe dedicate a little bit of exercising time to meditating and yoga and relaxing, quieting the body down, the mind down, you know? How can I train my willpower muscles, sleep, hydration, and what more? Okay, yeah, the, the most important thing, it's not your willpower. See, most people have the illusion that it's the willpower that's going to dictate your your weight loss success. It's not. It's your mindset. Because let me ask you, a lot of you on this call, I'm assuming, are non-smokers, okay? Are you a non-smoker because you're using your willpower to fight against cravings all day? Or are you, are you a non-smoker because the way you think about cigarettes, you don't want any any cigarettes, right? You think they're gross. And so the, the cravings aren't even there. Right? So if you're a smoker, you're probably not a hardcore drug addict, right? So why not do some heroin, right? I heard heroin feels really good, right? Are you not a heroin user because you stop the cravings all the time? You constantly think about wanting to do it, but you don't let yourself do it? Or the way you think about heroin, it's framed as something that's disgusting and you wouldn't want in your life, you see? So it's the mindset trumps all of it. So um, I never focus on willpower strengthening. I focus on mindset reframing so that I don't need as much willpower. Right. So the way I think about sugar, I don't love sugar and crave sugar and want sugar all the time. And then I have an amazing amount of willpower that stops me from doing it. I have reframed how I think about sugar. I think about sugar like I think about alcohol. Right. So I used to be a binge drinker. Now, a lot of people said, oh, you're an alcoholic. You got to identify as an alcoholic. I just never felt that way. I didn't want to stop drinking. I wanted to drink way more moderately and in a healthy way. And that was my decision. And I get to make my own decision. We're all humans. We all get to make whatever decision we want, to be honest. Right. Let's be honest. We can do what we want to do. And so I wanted to drink, but I wanted to drink in a way more healthy way. So that's the path I took. And now I do that. Okay. So I look at sugar the same way. I don't want to eat a lot of sugar because I think it's very destructive to my body, but I like eating sugar sometimes. I think in moderation a couple times a week, it's fine. You know, and if I try to give up sugar completely for me, it's just like the alcohol. I, I just, it didn't feel right to me. You know, so I like to moderate, but it's primarily a mindset process, not a willpower one. Okay, remember that. It's very important to remember that. Um, it's been 25 days without sugar for me, and it's one of the best things I've ever done for myself. Yeah, sure. Right, absolutely. Congratulations. Yeah, the sugar is um is intense, you know. Um, how's your podcast calling? Where can I find it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Program Yourself Then. It's on all the, the platforms. You, you'll find it. Go listen to it if you like it. Uh, Leave a comment, right? Leave a little rating there. A little, hey, this is awesome. <laughs> I'd appreciate that. Um, also, by the way, everyone listen to this, go listen to my bio. You can go get a free hypnosis session, okay? It's right there for you. Um, then once you get the hypnosis session, it takes me a couple minutes to send it to you. There's a training there, three steps to master your weight, okay? Go watch it. It's a half hour, right? And then every day I send you positive coaching, encouraging emails along the path, right? My mission in life is to help you, as many people as possible, live at their goal weight. Hey, this is life or death to me. My dad died at 54 of a heart attack. And so I really, I want you to look good too. <laughs> it's fun to look the way you want to look, okay? But it's more important than that, you know? It's about living a long life. It's like feeling good. It's being the best version of yourself you can be, you know? Um, thanks for talking on here. I hope now I can actually get where I want to be. Yeah, you know, it's a first step. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a never-ending process. I don't mean to bum you out, but it's a, most people approach weight loss like it's a sprint, you know? And um, it's not, it's a, it's a never ending process. Cause again, how long do you want to live at that goal weight? You know, what do you want to do here? So 
relax, calm down, buckle in. It's for the rest of your life. And I say that to you in that way because I want it to freak you out because I want you to interface with that, that difficulty. That you're so impatient, you know, and um, you just want it to happen. And if you can like, hey, Nuka, all right. Um, it, it's like you're, you're just so obsessed with the fast results and you don't realize that that is the thing that is really um, keeping you stuck more than anything else, you know? I really want you to understand that. <laughs> um, and I know you don't because I know, you know, again, you're, you're so conditioned to think about uh, just fast weight loss, you know? But uh, typically it doesn't work, you know? So, and you do, you know? But there are solutions, you know? And I say that because it's not you that's broken. And that's the problem with people is they, they spend decades trying to lose weight and it doesn't work. And say, oh my God, no matter what I do, I can't lose weight. Well, that's not true. No matter what you do, no matter what diet you do, you can't lose weight because diets, regardless of the specifics of it, you know, even right now, what are the most popular? Let's look it up, right? What are the most popular diets? Let's look at this up right now. Popular diets. I already know this, but let's, let's make sure I'm pulling on uh, exact things right now. And let's find out what the problems with each of them are. All right. So these that okay, so this is from US and Worlds. And this is this is chosen by experts. Diet experts. Hey, that's something, right? If a diet expert says it, it must be true. Cause who the hell's a diet expert? Because diets don't work, right? If seventy five percent of the population's overweight and the main strategy everyone uses to lose weight is dieting, um, what are these experts exactly? What are they an expert in? Huh? <laughs> right? I've seen the statistics. 39% of people can't make it past a week on a diet. 75% can't make it past a month. And 95% ultimately fail to lose weight on a diet. So you tell me which one of the 95% the failure strategies is the best one. Please, let me look that up. Um, yeah, Nuka said, I try not to eat late at night, but I always end up eating snacks at the middle of the night. Is it because you're super hungry though? You know, again, I always say that. Like the nighttime snack, one of the things I did, I'll share this. One of the things I did to deal with the nighttime snacking, I was eat, every night I was eating a lot, and um, what I wanted, I wanted to cut that out. So one of the things I did to eat to stop eating at night was to eat more at dinner, because I wanted to trade one for the other. Okay, and so I wanted to compress my eating. So I didn't care about weight loss first. Do you understand? I took it behavior by behavior. I, I it's like I'm speaking a different language and I, I'm not busting your chops here. You're, you're literally in a trance when you think about weight loss, you're in a diet trance and you can't see outside of it. Um, but what I did is a completely, now, why did I do this? I wasn't some genius. <laughs> I'm not a genius. Okay. It, this isn't rocket science, but what I did is I was fortunate to come across NLP, which is about role modeling. And I went and talked to people who had lost weight and kept it off. Guess where I found a lot of them, the YMCA. And they were older and they lived a lifestyle. And so when I talked to them, I quickly realized they weren't using tactics. They weren't following diets. They had transformed the way they thought of themselves, the way they lived their lives, the way they thought about health, all these things. And so I started to adopt that. And so when I wanted to stop eating at night, I strategically, how am I going to do that? Well, there was other things I did, but the big thing I did, I started eating more at dinner. I literally began overeating at dinner so that I felt more full and it made it a bit easier to not eat at night. So you say, well, yeah, but that, you're not cutting your calories. You're not going to lose weight that way. I didn't give a shit about losing weight right away. I wanted to get rid of the nighttime eating. I wanted to get used to, what do I do at night when I'm not eating? That's the first step I wanted to get to. What do I do? If I'm feeling more full because I had a big dinner, that's going to make it easier. I just want to get used to doing something else at night that doesn't involve food. That was my first step. 
Then once I did that, then I started getting used to cutting down the dinner stuff. Do you see what I mean? So again, you want to be strategic with what you're doing. So it says, lately I've been eating in a calorie deficit, but I ate my calories and junk food, so I gained weight. Yeah, I, and I, I don't think a calorie is the same. You know, that's a whole debate, but I just don't believe that a calorie is a calorie. I think a calorie of vegetable is a lot different than a calorie of cookie. You know, it just, it fundamentally acts different in your body, you know? So what's the main thing you should eat? Fiber, fiber, okay? Fiber is the number one ingredient that's stripped out of processed foods because it doesn't process well. And so what fiber does is in a vegetable, right? In any kind of natural food, usually, um, the calories are binded to the fiber, okay? And so what that means is three important things. First of all, when the calories are binded to fiber, when you eat them, it takes longer for those calories to be absorbed into your body. So there's a slow, steady release of glucose into your bloodstream. Okay, that's number one. Number two is that some of those calories stay binded to the fiber and pass right through you without ever being absorbed. So now you're eating 100 calories, but maybe only absorbed 80 of them. Great. You got all the satiety and satiation from the, ca- from the food, but you only absorbed 80% of the calories in it. Great. That's going to help me lose weight. And the third thing is that the fiber is not digested. So it stays in your intestines and it makes you feel full. There's a thing called the ileal break. So the more full your, your intestines are with fiber, the more satisfied you feel. So let's compare the, that eating a carrot to eating a cookie. You eat the cookie, there's no fiber in it. It's all powder. You eat it and it's like absorbed into your bloodstream like that. Spikes your blood sugar. It spikes your blood sugar. Now your body says, oh shit, we got to clear this out. Release the insulin. Your body's not good at releasing insulin with a blood sugar spike because you never could spike your blood sugar in all of history. Think about that. You could never spike your blood sugar in all of history short of maybe eating honey, you know? And so it's really important to recognize that you... We live in this modern world with new modern problems and spiking your blood sugar is a modern new thing. So your body over-releases insulin, clears all the glucose out. Now you're starving. Now I'm hungry again. I gotta eat something. I need another cookie. Same process over and over again. And so you eat that cookie. It's absorbed in your bloodstream, all of it pretty much. And then there's nothing in your intestines making you feel full. So, you know, fiber, I would say, is probably um, one of the main things. Not probably. It's the main thing I'd focus on. So what do we got? Oh, Mediterranean diet. All right, Mediterranean diet is great. But here's the problem with every diet, right? I can say, so what do we got? Mediterranean diet, DASH diet, flexitarian diet. All right, like that one. Mind diet, TLC diet, Mayo diet, volumetrics. Now, volumetrics I like. That that one I think is pretty good. Weight Watchers, Dr. Wales, and any inflammatory. Okay, these are all good diets, I would say, relatively. Um, this is not what I was thinking. Let me, let me look real quick. So I just want to go. I think it's funny. Not funny, but. Let me look at this. It's going to take me a second. But I like, uh, I'm never going to find it. Let me do this one. Most popular diets. I think that one's funnier because I know I'm just going to, if uh, I love the best diets. All right. doesn't matter. Anyways, the top diets right now, most popular ones, intermittent fasting is making a surge. Um, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. What was the second one? Weight Watchers up there. Oh, keto. Yeah, keto. And so, um, listen, here's the thing with diets to see through them is that diets are tactics, okay? So I can tell you to intermittent fast. I can tell you to cut the carbs out. I can tell you to eat Mediterranean food. Um, Whatever I tell you to do is not the problem. You already know enough about what you should and shouldn't eat. Your problem is the mindset piece. You can't get yourself to eat those foods consistently, you see? So that's the missing piece of every diet I've ever seen is that they, um, yeah, paleo too, yeah, yeah. Um, 
that's the missing piece is nothing tells you about the mindset piece of it. How do you get yourself to consistently eat that way? You know? And so you approach your diet as if you're purely a conscious being and you're not, you're primarily subconscious, you know, your behaviors run on autopilot. And so if you try and just go about this process by forcing yourself, you know, it's like, imagine if tomorrow you had to, all of a sudden it's like you had to remember to breathe. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck. Right. Your brain's not set up to remember all these things. You can't micromanage you're eating. You're just not designed to do that. So you start with these diets and you have the best of intentions and you can do it for a little bit when you're really focused and motivated, but your old habits come back. You know, it's because you have no awareness of your subconscious mind. Once you understand your subconscious mind, you can program it. You know, you can reprogram it to do the things you want it to do. I get told to eat a lot of protein, but not mostly fiber. Yeah, no one talks about the fiber thing. And because, listen, so, oh, just so you know, um, <laughs> I say this every time, but I, I just point is there's something I want to get the word out for. These diets don't want you to be thin, right? The biggest diets you know of are all owned by the food companies, right? Did you know Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz? Did you know Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle? Did you know that Slim Fast was owned by the same company that owns Ben & Jerry's ice cream? Did you know that Atkins Food Products is owned by the same company that owns Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon? You know, you really think they want you to stop eating their shitty food? You know, when these companies buy program yourself then and put it out to the world, I will apologize and say I was wrong. Okay. Because if you, my program it out there, it's like, I'll change the way you're eating. <laughs> I'll have you eating different. And yeah, fiber is the number one, you know? So yeah, protein's the most satiating out of those macros. Um, but fiber is more satiating than the protein. Think about it. Think about what you eat in the natural world to understand weight loss and your struggles with it. You really have to understand evolution. You know, no, of course you didn't know about those companies. No one knows about that. They used to have Weight Watchers started legit too, by the way. Okay. Weight Watchers was started by a lady in New Jersey, altruistic, good ideas. And then it was bought by the food company. And guess where they used to have their meetings in the back of freezers and supermarkets because it's to sell their bullshit food, you know? And so, um, you know, everything you've learned about dieting, you primarily learned from a food company. Hate to tell you, that's why you don't know about fiber. Because <laughs> fiber, they don't want you eating fiber because where's fiber coming? So where, what's the most fiberful food? Any vegetable, fruit, greens, beans, fruits, fruits, vegetables, greens, beans, right? Simple, you know, and you start eating fiber after two weeks, you won't believe how full you feel, how satisfied you feel. You're going to feel like, oh my God, whew, I'm off the roller coaster, you know, it feels amazing. It's, it's the biggest shift I had, you know, I started eating salads uh, five years ago for lunch six years ago. And that was, so I used to be a hardcore meat eater growing up, became vegetarian, was a raw foodist for a little while. The biggest shift I've made beneficially to my diet was adding way more fiber in. The biggest shift. And you look at it and you say, well, everyone talks about this. And you think about how do we eat through all the years, you know? So we were hunter gatherers for most of history. Then we began farming. And either one of those periods, we were eating lots of fiber because what did you eat, right? You didn't just eat meat all the time. (laughs) Paleo and keto people may think that, but we weren't just eating meat all the time, you know? Um, There might've been a few random, you know, like like Eskimo cultures, you know, they eat just whale blubber and fat. And so there's a few like outlier, you know, people eating stuff, but primarily we were eating things that grew, vegetables, fruits, you know, wild foods, meat too, for sure, you know, but these are all natural foods where there's lots of fiber in what we were eating. 
And um, that's been stripped. So the biggest shift in our diet is not even going from hunter-gatherer to farming, which was huge. It's going from our industrial age when we process foods like we do, you know? A hundred years ago, before a hundred years ago, you couldn't come up with sugar like that you eat now. You couldn't come up with, you couldn't make cookies like you did. You know, even the flour you made was way more um, whole. You know, this stuff is super processed. It's super processed to be super absorbable because the more, you know, have you ever watched The Insider? If you've never seen that movie, you really got to watch it, okay? Because um, it's about the cigarette companies and what they were doing. And what they were doing is they're trying to make their cigarettes as addictive as possible because they just want you to use their product. They're doing the same thing with the food. And the way that they make cigarettes the most addictive possible is to make them absorbed as fast as you can. So they would put ammonia in cigarettes because it would help it absorb into your blood faster, which made it more addictive. And so what they're doing with food is that they make them as absorbable as possible. Because what triggers, the foods you like are the foods that have the most calories in it in the fastestly absorbed calories. And um, because when you, you got an evolutionary brain. So when you get a lot of calories, your brain says, eat more of that, eat more of that. We might not get any more because you live in this old timey body brain of yours. It doesn't know we're living surrounded by food. It thinks it's a food scarce environment. So it wants to eat as much food as possible, you know? And um, what ends up happening is you know, what they say, the, the miracle of modern, you know, what these food engineers look at is the, the most amazing product they ever made was a Cheeto. Because as soon as you put the Cheeto in your mouth, your saliva starts dissolving it. And there's still a little bit of crunch too, but it starts to dissolving immediately. And it's like, it's like, like crack for your brain almost, you know? Your brain, oh my God, it's fast absorbed. Because what your brain, your brain wants to like get a lot of calories in the easiest way possible. That's what you're hardwired for. And so these foods are designed to exploit that. And that's why you can't stop eating them because they're literally addictive, you know? That's why like cocaine, it's like a coca leaf. It's not addictive because it's a slow release form of cocaine, right? Then there's cocaine, which is way more processed in a powdered form. So that's pretty addictive. But then what's the most addictive form of cocaine? It's when you smoke it because you smoke it into your lungs and it's like, and that's where everyone gets in trouble with it. Well, they get in trouble with the nose stuff too, but... Um, so the faster you can absorb, the more it hits your system, the more addictive it becomes. Well, hey, listen, everyone, <laughs> these foods we're eating, I, I ate some Girl Scout cookies the other night, right? So this is why I talk about mindset, right? So I'm eating Girl Scout cookies, but I'm not just eating them and I'm not beating myself up. I, was, I enjoyed them, but there's another part of me saying, what's going on here? Well, what's going on is I'm paying attention to, holy shit, these things just dissolve in my mouth. And I know that the faster it dissolves, the more addictive it is. So keep eating them. Mm, 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 that was good. Eat another one. Mm, 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 you know? And it's like, I can't stop. I just want that feeling. That feeling. What's that feeling you're looking for? It's the dopamine. You know? Why does a cookie take... Why do you have the experience and the feelings about a cookie that you have and you feel about a carrot the way you feel about that? Why? What is it? So, oh, well, one tastes better. Why do you think one tastes better? Think about that. What tastes better mean? You know? There's no taste better. It's when you eat the cookie, your brain releases lots of dopamine because it knows there's lots of fast calories in that. It says, more, more, do it, do it, eat it, eat it. Might not get any more calories. And then he eats the carrots slow. It's like, ah, it's fine, you know? So anyways, yeah, it's all about so much depth to this, you know? But if you get anything out of this, it's that. It's that uh, no matter how much you may have struggled with your weight, I promise you it's all the mental programming you have. And um, you can change your mental programming and you can make this process easy and enjoyable. Okay. It takes work. I'm not, I'm not saying it doesn't take work, um, but it's simple, not easy, but it's simple. You know, when you understand this deeper structure of what's influencing your eating and ultimately your weight, you know, and um, 
Yeah, eating for anti-aging. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't like the term anti-aging because we're all aging. So I want to age as gracefully as I can, you know? I think, you know, they should always have an opposite word of anti-aging. Like, they should be like, stop eating for pro-aging. <laughs> stop, oh, stop, oh, stop eating for rapid aging. That's a good way to think about it better, okay? Because like the cookies, the flour, the sugars, the processed foods are aging you very quickly, literally cellularly. You know, you know about your telomeres? Look them up. Look up, look up telomeres and um, discover what they are. Because when you understand like, see what you're trying to base all of your eating motivation on losing weight and looking better. And it's the shittiest form of motivation, you know? It's a lot easier to not eat sugar when you understand what happens instantly when you eat sugar. When you instantly envision your blood being spiked with a lot of glucose, which is inflammatory. And then your body releases a bunch of insulin to try and clear it out, and that's inflammatory. And your whole system gets inflamed, you know, when you eat that stuff. That's okay to eat it sometimes, you know, but when you eat it all the time, talk about aging, you know. You're really beating your body up. You're inflaming it. And um, that's what obesity is. It's, it's an infl inflammatory um, disease. Does caffeine make aging faster? I've not seen that in UCA, you know. I, that's my thing, right? So I drink coffee and it's like, ah, oh, sometimes I should stop. And But I don't really have any good reasons to stop. I see different stuff and I don't know, you know. So um, I, I have not seen that, that it, it causes you to age faster. But if you find anything, let me know about that because I'd be curious about it. I'm kind of on the edge with the, the coffee thing, you know. Yeah, when I have a cookie, I'm like, ah, oh, I want more. But vegetables, I feel less entitled to eat. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like that's the thing. So I should tell people how I eat. Oh, that's so boring. Maybe it is boring, but geez, when was, when did food turn into be, it's like, you know, someone doing drugs, you know, it's like, oh, you don't do drugs. You're so boring, dude. Doing drugs is fun. Yeah, it is fun. It's fun. Yeah, let's do a bunch of Coke. Let's just get drunk. You know what I mean? Let's do a bunch of drugs and get, get wild, get loose, right? It's more fun. <laughs> is it though? Right? You don't think that, but then it comes to food and what are you saying? What are you saying to me? What's the point of living? You only live once. You sound like a drug addict. <laughs> No offense. Don't take that the wrong way. But but come on, the way people talk about food, because people do that, oh, you eat so boring, man. Oh, it's like a one life. I don't want to. It's like I enjoy food, and I enjoy it probably more than most people because I'm 100% I'm happy with my weight and my health and all the rest of it. So when I eat food, completely guilt-free. I enjoy the hell out of it. But it's like when you just sit here and give me all this, oh, oh, what's the point of living if you can't eat these foods? I guess we all have different points of living, you know? But it, why don't you take that, forget the food, start doing some drugs, man. <laughs> You know, you really want to ride it out. You know what I mean? You want to have a good time. Let's get loose, get wild. You know what I mean? Take it all away. This is do with the food. Notice how the food is bad for you is ridiculously addictive. Food is like drugs. Yeah, it really, it, it literally is. I mean, I don't, you know, you don't realize that because you keep thinking, you, you buy into the bullshit marketing. You think all these foods are designed in the kitchen. You know what I mean? Like you see the, the commercials with the guy in the chef hat, you know, working, slaving away on recipes. Th that's not who's making it. You have to envision people in science coats. <laughs> that's where your food's being designed and made. Do you know what I mean? It's literally drugs, literally, literally, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, alcohol and Dr. Emin just demolishes his brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's just like that. It's like the food, but not so much with your brain yet, although who knows, you know, we'll see. 
You know, hey, listen, you know where we're at right now with the food? It's like the cigarette companies in the 60s and 70s. They knew the writing was on the wall. They knew the studies were there that were linking the, the cigarettes to lung cancer. But they sat on that and they flooded the zone with conflicting information. Everyone's confused until finally, you know, we start putting it out. Now you think about cigarettes, you think lung cancer. And that makes it easier not to do them. But we're in that same spot with the food as we were in the 60s, 70s with the cigarettes. Where they, there's the studies coming out where these processed foods are, are linked um, overwhelmingly to a lot of diseases and that's going to come out I, I can't imagine that at some point within the next 20 years that we won't have like cigarette like warnings on food you know but if you're going to wait for that it's going to be too late for you, you you've got to figure it out now you know if you really care because um, they don't give a shit just like the cigarette company didn't give a shit about your lungs they don't give the food company doesn't give a shit about your health at all you know so um, you got to take it upon yourself they don't care you have to think about the food companies the cigarette companies the same companies you know and the, the medical establishment listen their whole Profit model is based on managing symptoms. The, the medical establishment whole business model is you getting diabetes and then here, here's how we're going to manage this. You know, So you got to take it upon yourself to find the cures for these things. Because otherwise, you, you know what I mean? Like, do you trust any of these people? I mean, how can 70% of the population, 75% of the population be overweight or obese right now? We've never had access to more information and medical intervention than ever. I don't trust any of these people, you know? I'm not blaming, I'm not saying there's some nefarious thing going on, you know, but you just have to take it upon yourself. I read that people are not meant to be addicted to cigarettes. The info that is addictive makes people addicted. Oh, that's not true. No, no, no. Um, cigarettes are extremely addictive. Nicotine's addictive. And what they've done, that's what they did in that movie, The Insider. Um, they talk about, they, they call cigarettes nicotine delivery devices because nicotine's so addictive. And so they looked away, how can we get the nicotine into the bloodstream as fast as possible, you know? Um, so yeah, no, nicotine's extremely addictive. I heard that scientists want to start putting warnings on meat to stop people from buying it. Um, you know, listen, I, I mean, the meat, I would, I, 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 don't, I don't buy into the meat thing. I think we overconsume meat in this culture, um, but I don't think meat is, is a bad thing in any way. Even though I'm, I'm a pescatarian, I don't eat land animals, but... Um, but I would be more concerned with the, the flour, the sugar, the processed chemicals that they use, you know? That's me, though. But I don't know. I got to get out of here. Um, you guys are awesome, as always. Uh, remember, go check out. Go get that uh, that session I put on there, all right? Um, I know truer words have been spoken. Thank you. I'm glad, glad you appreciate that. What's the best time to take the probiotic? Um, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't like probiotics in the sense that I think – I would rather eat my, my idea instead of a probiotic is I want to feed my microbiome my, my with, with natural healthy foods. I think of the living vitamin strategy. So I eat, you know, I'll drink a smoothie or I eat a salad multiple times a day, or not multiple times a week. And that's my pro probiotic, you know, so I don't want to leave it up to some scientist and some pill. I want to do what's natural and people have been doing for millions of years. I want to put that in my body and, and trust that. So hope that helps. All right, everyone have a, have a great day and uh, you're all the best. Talk soon. Bye.